Welcome to the Lift, Laugh, Love podcast. I'm Dave Glazer in Denver, Colorado. My mission is to educate our audience as they navigate modern dating with text messages, social media, and dating apps as a primary way that people meet and communicate with one another in the modern era. Each week, I'm going to invite an expert guest or real life dater to come join me on the podcast to expand the way that you think about and approach modern dating. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And please hit that subscribe button and share this episode with one person that you feel would get a lot of value out of the conversation. Without further delay, let's get into today's topic that will help you understand yourself and others as you navigate modern dating. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lift Laugh Love podcast. I am joined with Grace Patterson from, are you in LA? I'm in LA, but I'm from Texas. <laughs> Right, right, right. You have so much energy. I love it. Oh my gosh. It's like 7am here. I'm like, woo, like, but yeah, I live on caffeine, which helps. Yeah, definitely. So uh, tell me about yourself. What I know is that you're an actress and you're pursuing a career out in LA among yes. many other things. Yes. Yeah. So I'm from Texas. I grew up on a farm. Like we have llamas, longhorns, like middle of nowhere, but I always dreamed of coming to Hollywood like they were paving our driveway when I was nine, nine years old and I engraved in it, Grace loves Hollywood. And I'd like never even been, um, but like my parents were like, you know, you know, Texas is very much like get married, have kids, like go to college. And so that was kind of what I was doing and just like acting was more of a side thing. Um, so I did like a lot of indie films, but I still always wanted to come out here. So after I graduated college, I just came, I was like, I have to go do it. Like I'm going to regret it if I don't. So I've been out here for three years. And yeah, I've done like a lot of Lifetime movies. Um, we're starting a loungewear company. I've done like, I do like voiceover. So I'm glad that I moved, but yeah, it's definitely a huge change from like my farm life. <laughs> I'm like, go back home. I'm like, I can breathe. It's so peaceful here. <laughs> yeah, wide open spaces of Texas, right? Yeah, have you been to Texas before? Yeah, I've been to Dallas a couple of times. I went yeah. to El Paso once, uh, okay. you know, of all destinations in Texas, El Paso is at the top of the list. Yeah, like not, but Dallas is. Dallas is like fun. I did approach here too for the Dallas Stars. Are you a hockey fan? I love hockey. I'm watching the Avs just destroy the Predators right now. <laughs> okay, yeah, like yeah, I did Stars for one year. Um, that was like the year before I moved. So, mm -hmm. so how's it been life overall since you moved to LA? Sounds like you're seeing some success. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, a lot of hard work. It's just such a hustle town. Um, and then it's been a lot of traveling because of the pandemic. A lot of things have not been shooting in LA. So I was in Serbia randomly, Belgrade, Serbia for two months last year. We shot like two in Georgia, two in Oklahoma, um, Florida. I just got back from Florida. So it's like bouncing around <laughs> all over the place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It sounds like acting is your priority. It's your top number one focus. And then you mentioned a loungewear company. And then we were chit-chatting about your podcast. And then we were chit-chatting about TikTok. Yeah. But I heard something that sounds really important to you right now is that you're eliminating some things from your life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to juggle everything. And I think for so long, I was like, I have to have balance, balance. But it's when you're trying to get a big, big goal. Like it takes all of your time. And when I first moved to LA, I actually moved with a boyfriend so we can get to that, um, from Texas. Yeah. And it was like the, like the reason our relationship fell apart is because like I needed to spend from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed on to get my career going here. And it worked, but also like I ended up losing a relationship and like it's just kind of a give or take. And I've kind of realized like, I kind of have to make those sacrifices. Like what's most important to me in my life right now. And, you know, I can't, I can't have it all. I know like you can have it all. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if, you, if anybody knows how, like, let me know, <laughs> but I don't know how to find that balance in my own mm -hmm. personal life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that that's a story or a narrative that people sell us that we can have it all. If we just keep working really, really hard at everything. Yeah. And then you just end up like running yourself dry. Like when I was trying to do that, I was like getting sick constantly, like strep throat, just because I was like, oh, I have to hang out with all my friends and I have to be here for my family and I have to be here for my friends. And I have to have time for like, go out to dinner and do all these fun things. And it's like, 
oh my gosh, like there's no way I'm going to get where I want to be if I keep, if I make time for like everything, like I have to really, but I've, I have a good circle around me now where people like understand that. And it's more like, you know, my friends will come in and help me work <laughs> instead. So they'll come in. Like we did our loungewear photo shoot yesterday. So all my friends came to the studio. We did like a huge social media shoot. So we're like hanging, but we're also working. <laughs> so that's kind of been like, I'm like, okay, we hang, we need to also like incorporate work. Let me know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And along with that, along with that acting being a top priority for you, how do you fit into social life? What does dating look like for you right now? Yeah. So social life is like a little limited, but, um, I did last year I went on last year. I was like trying to push myself to go on dates. Cause I never really been on dates. Cause I was very much like a relationship. I was almost engaged. So, um, I had my college boyfriend that I dated about three years and we were about to like get engaged and it kind of fell apart. He like cheated. And so then I was like, okay, so then, but he ended up getting engaged like later that August, like the same year. So then I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get like another boyfriend. That was like my first boyfriend. And so then I immediately like that same year hopped into another relationship for three years. And that's the guy who moved with me to LA. And so I've only been single two years. So the first year it was like, I booked a ton of acting work. So I was traveling the whole year and I would like, you know, have like little things on set maybe, but like nothing, like a little flirtation. Then I'd be like, yeah, okay. I got to go to Oklahoma now. Bye. Like, (laughs) so it was like nothing, like I never let it like blossom. And then last year I was here a little bit more, but it was like the pandemic. So it was like some hiking dates, but then like, I think I have it in my head, like, oh, well, like once I start to like someone, then I'll be like, they're going to ruin my dreams. So then I'll just be like, I got to get out of here. And so then like ditch, which is like not healthy, but um, I've been more open to it recently. So I've been trying to like, at least make time for like, you know, like one date a week if I can, or just like be more open to it. If someone asks, like, instead of just shutting everybody down, I've been trying to be more open to like, you know, finding love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, something I picked up on there. Uh, and that I'd like you to tell me a little bit more about is um, how is it that somebody is going to come between you and your dreams? Is that what I heard you say? Yeah, that's the thing is like, they're probably not, but I think, I think for me, it's cause I, like my first boyfriend was very much like, oh, well, like if you have, or both actually my boyfriends were, cause for acting, sometimes you have to have like an on-screen kiss. And I know that's like, if you're not in the industry, it's like, and I never date anybody really in the industry. They're like, what do you mean you have to kiss somebody for your job? And so I would just always like turn down roles that had like any sort of like affection whatsoever, just because to be respectful for my relationship. And so I'm always like, like, oh no, well, what if they like, at first they're cool. Like, cause sometimes the boyfriends would be like, yeah, yeah, that's like totally fine. Like I get it. And then it's like, when it actually comes like, Hey, I might have to like have a makeout scene. How do you feel? Then they're like, oh no. And then I'm like, oh no. Well now I can't, like now we've been dating two years. I can't just be like, you know, F you and go do it, you know? So then I'm like, yeah, I can't do this job. Like, so I don't know. I just feel, and then, yeah. Cause then obviously you're dating someone you need to like make time to like spend time with them as well, <laughs> like, <laughs> which can be, yeah. But I have dated some, like I, like I dated like one guy for like kind of like a month and then it kind of fell apart. And so there, I've been more open to it. I really have. I've been trying to like get that mentality out of my head that it has to be all or nothing. I know it's toxic. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> what initially comes up for me is not necessarily toxic. Yeah. Uh, what comes up for me is, is a lot to do with more like communication and yeah. boundaries around that on-screen kiss. Yeah. You know, like it sounds as if like you're communicating that this is a part of your job yeah. and um, you're honoring boundaries that come within the relationship that you <clears throat> are discussing that on-screen kiss with your partner. Yeah. And then it sounds like there's some flip-flopping going on on their side or on your side with communication. So let's dig into yeah. that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think there's like definitely been some flip flops of like, hey, this is kind of what the job is, like what kind of boundaries, you know, like, okay, like, you don't want me to do nudity, cool, like, okay, got it, you don't, you, but kiss is fine, 
got it. And then like, when it comes down to the point, which my communication skills have gotten better. Cause like, you know, those relationships, one was college and ended when, before I even turned 21. And then my last relationship ended when I, I hadn't even turned 24 yet. So I think I'll, I've done a lot of growth in the two years being single where before I was such a people pleaser, like I would say yes to like ev- everything. Like, and I think that's when I started to find my voice, that's kind of when my last relationship fell apart. Cause I was like, Hey, that's like no longer cool with me. Or like, Hey, well you said this and now you're doing this. Like, that's not cool with me where before I was just like, everything's totally fine. Like, no worries. Like, and then um, I moved out here. I was like, Hey, like, actually that's not cool that you're like changing your mind on me like that. Like, can we discuss this farther? And then, yeah. So I was like, I just need to like shut this down. But I think that could have potentially been like an age thing, like being young in like a serious relationship, maybe. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I'm, I'll turn 42 this summer. And even with age, I don't necessarily think that having the communication about what's okay in a relationship and what's not okay, uh, the flip-flopping between, well, you said this and now you're changing your mind. I don't necessarily think that it gets any easier with age. No, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> But I do agree with you that it does get easier with communication. And when you said, can we discuss this further? That was a really um, highlight of your share there is extending the conversation beyond just like, okay, you said this in the past and now I hear you have a different opinion, which is okay. We're, We're able to change our viewpoints along the way as we grow as long as there's discussion within the container of the relationship, right? Yeah, ideally. I think in my family too, like my parents are still married and like my, I mean, they're like happily married. They've been married 27 years, but they, they're very much like um, what it's called stonewalling. They don't like really, my household was never very like, I'm upset. This is what's going on. Let's discuss. It's kind of like silent treatment. Um, And so yeah. So I think sometimes I get like that too, where I'm just like, okay, fine then. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. Oh, that resonates so much. Um, stonewalling hits home. That, that used to be a behavior of mine. And I chose to make a change in my life about being more open and receptive to what my partner is bringing to me, as opposed to just shutting down to make it all go away. Yeah, I know it's so much easier. It's like so much easier just to be like, no, but you're right. Like, well, that's how you have like meaningful, like healthy relationships. But I've been learning, honestly, like starting a company with my best friend has actually really helped with communication because we literally cannot, like we are in a business together. There's no way that we can, we can't have any sort of um, anger between us. So anything that happens, it's like, hey, we have to sit down. We have to hash this out. You tell me how you feel. And we've both noticed how that's helped in our other relationships, just being like very straightforward with each other um, and owning up to everything and apologizing because we, I mean, we have to work together every day. So I, yeah. So hopefully that helps me like when I get a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of boyfriends, uh, let me ask you a question about your, uh, the time between your first boyfriend and your second boyfriend. Yeah. I think I heard you say, uh, I need to get a boyfriend to kind of compete with your ex who had gotten engaged. What was, yes. what was behind that? Tell me more. It was just so, cause we had dated about three years and like in my head, I was getting engaged in like a month. We had went ring shopping and we had a really good relationship. Like we never fought. It was like super healthy, but then I found out he was cheating. And I think it just like, to me, I was so like, I, I didn't date in high school. I was like very much a late bloomer. Like I was like not interested. I was just like, whatever. So I was like, oh my gosh, cheating is something that happens. Like it just blew my mind. I was like, I thought it was something that happens to like other people. Like it could not happen to me. And so I was kind of like, my parents would be mad, but I was kind of still like, after I broke up with them, my parents were like, no, like you're never allowed to see him again. Cheating's like a deal breaker. I'd never bring him allowed. He's banned from our house. And I was kind of still like secretly like seeing him a little bit. Cause like, it was super hard for me to like, let that go. And like, so then I guess while he was still kind of seeing me, he was like sleeping with another girl that got pregnant. And like, then she, so then like that was during the summer. And then by August they were engaged. So it was like the, the breakup had like barely even happened. 
And so I think it was just like so hurtful to me because I was like, well, that was I, that was supposed to be me. Like I was supposed to be the one that was engaged, and like we were planning. I wanted kids back then, like young. So it just hurt me so bad. And yeah, and so I I was just like, let me run to the. It's funny because I took like such a drastic turn. Like I dated like the safest guy ever, like the nicest, like because I just like ran to that. I was like, well, at least I can like trust him. But I don't know if we ever had deep convo like that. That like connection wasn't there but it was just so safe. And that's why I like ran to that. Um, but yeah, I, it, yeah, I don't know. It was not like necessarily like a rebound because I did him three years. I obviously loved him, but it, I think I was in, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to immediately like get him out of my head and almost, yeah, sort of compete in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sounds as if like the opposite end of the spectrum was kind of like an overcorrection. Yeah. And it's also sounds as if you were like really surprised that this uh, story or the narrative of what love was supposed to be like was really destroyed with that first relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I was like such a romantic. I was like, oh my God, like we're soulmates, like all that. Like I was so innocent too. Like it was like, like my first boyfriend. And then like, yeah, I think it did, it did kind of make me like colder, like after that happened, like now if if, if a guy tries anything, I'm like blocked. Like I just like, it did me. And I'm trying to like revert. Like I I'm like, but I think it's cause I was so traumatized by that. I'm like, he might, he might do this to me. Yeah. I can't even, cause I, it hurt me so bad. I was like, I don't want to go through that pain again. So block, <laughs> which is not good, but yeah, it was, it was, it did kind of like destroy that, especially when I see my parents too. And like, yeah, I mean like they for sure they're not like overly competitive, but like they have such a healthy relationship. My dad's like, never cheated my mom like he's like mm -hmm. a great husband my brother is actually visiting me he's getting married in June and he's it's his first girlfriend ever and he's an angel to her I'm like when I date a guy I'm like this is so embarrassing like oh my god I'm surrounded by all these great men and then I keep dating losers <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah let's, let's dig into that if you're open to it it's yeah. it sounds like uh you have a lot of respect for the men in your life and it also sounds as if they have uh, some things to work on, some flaws themselves, like stonewalling. Yeah. It, your dad can be a great dad yeah. and have a flaw of stonewalling. Is that what I heard you say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's an amazing dad. And he is a really good husband. That's like probably the main thing is like the communication. They've gotten better, but like, you know, they definitely are more jokey with each other. So like things will end. They'll be like, instead of getting probably deep to the issue, they'll like make it a joke <laughs> and then like end up, which is good. You know what I mean? Like no one was, no one ever yelled in my house. Like I never saw yelling. I never even saw fighting, you know, which maybe that would have helped. I don't know, but I never saw any sort of, my dad's never even raised his voice that mm -hmm. I've heard, you know? Yeah. What do you mean by it? It would have helped had you heard yelling or anger or conflict right. in your house. Maybe, well, maybe like a little, con maybe not yelling, but like conflict. So I could have seen how that looked, you know, hashing something out. I don't know. No, I totally get it. Yeah, what totally about your parents? Did your parents like, did you, what, what kind of environment did you grow up in? <laughs> it's, it sounds very similar to yours. Uh, my parents celebrated their 50th this year. Oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I'm the baby. It sounds like you're the oldest of your, yeah. you and your brother. Yeah. And what happened in my household growing up is that conflict happened behind closed doors. You know, my parents would um, isolate themselves in their bedroom and have conflict there. And as kids, we would hear the voices from behind the door. And I resonate so much with your share about maybe hearing conflict as a child would have helped me as an adult because conflict is not necessarily a bad thing. Conflict avoidance is bad in a relationship. And yeah. it sounds as if that's kind of a theme in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it still a theme in your life or you've worked through that? Are you saying that you worked through that? I personally have worked through that in my own work. And when what I found is that when we make the choice to lean into that shadow or lean into our subconscious or lean into the patterns in our lives that we recognize now that show up for us, that prevent us from having that ideal relationship, or even just a, 
a health, healthy, mindful, focused relationship, conscious relationship, whatever you want to call it, the, th- the environment around me changes as a result. Yeah. You know, when I learned what empathy was, I started to hear it from my dad. I'd never heard empathy from my father growing up yeah. because I might not have been able to recognize it myself. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting into like breaking generational trauma and generational yeah. uh, traditions and patterns and things like that. And so I have a 19 year old daughter and I made some changes in my life so that she would have a, a better experience with me because I saw myself as not showing up great as a father conflict avoidant, uh, not having real conversations with my family or her. And when I made those choices to change myself, our relationship improved with my daughter and I. So sweet. Yeah. Well, most people will never do that work. So that's like good for you for like doing that and changing that trauma. Cause you're right. We do kind of become, we learn how to communicate from our parents and yeah, it's like good to recognize that and work on it and bring that to your new your relationships what's your daughter's name you do say madison yeah madison (laughs) yeah she's present on instagram so i'm pretty open with uh some stories around her and uh she's an adult now she does uh she doesn't live very publicly so like it's pretty safe for me to have conversations about my daughter on the podcast and social media got it does she date are you like oh my gosh that's a really good question I appreciate it she she has a long distance relationship yeah her partner lives in Virginia and I believe that she has a plan to go visit over the summer oh Um, all summer long no just just for like a short period of time um her partner's in school from what I hear so to answer your question Madison and I have like honest, real conversations about my dating life and her dating life. And and I I love that so much. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Thank you very much. She's an incredible person. And um, because I want to have a stronger adult relationship with her now than we had growing up, um, I had to make better choices for myself in order to learn how to openly communicate with my daughter. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. That's like cool to have. Cause I'm like, I'm very open with my dad about my dating life too. And stuff. And so it's like, but it's so cool. Like I've talked to my dad more than my mom about those things, but it's so cool to like have that relationship with the father. So that's cool that you're mm-hmm. like that with her. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you very much. So what have you learned after those two relationships that prepare you better to get back out there now? I think just like working on my confidence and like I didn't like guys didn't like me in my high school. I went to a very, very small high school. Like I never got asked on a date in my high school. Like I graduated with 50 kids, but I grew up with them from third grade. So everyone was more brother and sister. So kind of like the first guy that showed interest in me in college, that's the guy I dated. And then when we broke up and I was doing pro cheer, I got like a lot of attention. All of a sudden I was like, whoa. So I went to the safest, you know, the safest guy I could date dated him. And so it's kind of like being back in that game, but I like have it kind of subconsciously in my head, like, Oh, like men won't like me or don't like me because of like in high school. And I've talked to my best friends since third grade and we all went to the same high school. And they're like, we have that too. Just cause like, we never got asked on a date when we were like in that prime time from like what 15 to like 18, 19, we never had anybody ask us out. So it's kind of like changing that, like, Hey, like, just cause they like me doesn't mean like I need to like them. And it's also like, I don't really have a type. Like I really much, I go for personality. So dating apps are hard for me because like, I don't know, like I could date someone like who's older, like 40. Then I go on to get a date with a guy my age. Like they can be tall, short. I don't know. It's like more like just like personality. And so it's like super. So if someone asks me to date, then I'm like, I can like them. I don't know. But then I'm like, okay, I don't have time to say yes to like all the dates. So I need to like choose, but I'm like, I don't even know how to choose. Cause if I've never met them, I don't have a type physically. It's just like personality, but how am I going to know if I don't go on the date? So yeah. So then it's kind of done. I'll think maybe I'll just avoid it all. You know, <laughs> that sounds like a lot to take in all at one time. And thank you yeah. for sharing that. <laughs> I, you're seeing a lot of information from what I hear 
you know, the apps yeah. provide a lot of options in a short amount of time. Yeah. I hate the apps. Like <laughs> I recently broke up with the dating apps, you know, like a month ago and I've been so much happier ever since. How do you meet people just in person? You like approach women or what? <laughs> yes. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, I've had a couple of friends and co uh, former coworkers reach out and say, Hey Dave, are you available? Um, we know this person. We feel like you'd be the right fit. Um, one of my church men's group uh, members, uh, we saw each other on Sunday and he's like, Dave, uh, before you go, let me, let me talk to you real quick. He's like, are you available on Thursday mornings? And I said, uh, no, I work. And he's like, Oh, I, <laughs> I do this hiking group. And there's a girl in the group that I just want you to meet. Ooh. And this is an opportunity for me to check in with my priorities and say, you know, as much as I would like to, uh, that's a no for me because it just doesn't fit into my schedule. Yeah. So that's one way to qualify an opportunity to meet somebody. And then secondly, I don't want to do a group date. <laughs> I just, I yeah. also... I also don't want and to be set up. Too. Yeah. Like wedding and yeah, like that's like, uh, <laughs> like avoid like a bunch of sweaty people. Like. Right. Right. And what is it for? I heard you mention hiking dates earlier. What is it about a hiking date that you're like, no, not a first date? What, what comes up for you there? Just like sweating. I don't know. Just like, and like out of breath. Like what I'm out of, you know what I mean? You're out of breath, especially in LA. It's all mountains. You're just where are you from? <laughs> Gatsby prayer. Like, I'm like, I can't. Right. I can't. I'm trying to look cute. Like, I'm like, yeah. I want to put on a skirt and wedges and curl my hair. <laughs> yeah. For me, I don't want to be stuck on a two hour hike with somebody that I don't know. And I don't end up liking, right? Like how awkward is that, that I'm leading the hike. I'm walking in front. Is she checking out my ass the whole time? Or vice versa. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. Or vice versa. Like uh that goes back to um the pre the pre-interview questions where I ask what is what is holding people back in relationships? And you said insecurity. Yeah. You know, that that's that's one thing that has come up in our conversation so far today is like the men in your high school didn't like you, and so they didn't ask you out. And during those formative explore exploration years between 15 and 19 that you were talking about is so important to kind of like understand what you prefer, what you like, what, what dating is like as a, as a teenager. So that when you get into adult relationships, you're like, oh, this feels familiar. Yeah. I don't feel like this is the right fit for me because I've tried it in my yeah. formative years. Yeah. I miss is all that of that. I literally missed all of that. So, so I think that's been like the ex more like, okay, now we can explore kind of like what I like. So that's, yeah, that's kind of been it, but mm -hmm. I was traveling the whole, so I've only really been like dating for a year, you know, as an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was traveling. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel that like at your age, you're 25. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. 20, I just turned 26. Oh, happy birthday. That's yeah. right. Um, at 26, you can still have that exploration and understanding what your preferences are when it comes to dating. Uh, so that when you're asked out by a 40 year old or a 26 year old, you can tap into what your body is trying to tell you. Yeah, that's so, that's so true. Like listen to your gut about it. That's why I was telling, I was literally just telling my best friend that I was like, yeah, I was like trying to get more in tune with my gut. Cause your gut's always right. Like about anything about like anything in like my business or my acting or like it with a relationship, like it's always there trying to tell me, but we so often just push that aside. Like, eh, I don't need to listen to that. But when you check in, it's like, it will tell you what you need to know, like every decision. And like, so I, I try to know, like whenever I'm like, start asking my friends, like, Hey, what do you think I should do? Should I go out with this guy? Or should, like, what should I take this role or whatever? Then I just like, I'm like, I need to stop asking people and just like sit in silence and regroup and make the decision myself without asking anybody. And my aunt actually called me out. She's like, you, this was like 
probably like six months ago. She's like, you ask us about everything, like just decide yourself. And I was like, oh, Ava's so rude. And then I'm like, no, she's so right. Like I have to, I need to sit and like the answers in my gut. And of course it doesn't hurt to get outside opinions sometimes, but if it's a constant and I was like, every decision was like, I need affirmation that this is the right thing to do where it's like, do I want to go on the date? let me just go. I don't need it like approval or if I don't want to go, I don't want to go. Oh, such a, such a great way to say that I don't need approval from others. So I'm going to tune into what my intuition and my gut instinct is trying to tell me. Yeah. Expand on that for me, please. Yeah. I just feel like I don't, for so, for, I think for me, like for so long, I lived for everybody else. Cause like I, I did pro cheer and I hated cheerleading and I hated dance. So my mom was a dance mom, love my mom to death, but she put me in dance at five years old. I hated it. Like, I'm not kidding. I would go hide in my pasture, like hide behind the cows in the pasture. I, and I text my mom like, Oh, like my uncle's taking me to dance with my cousin. And then I would just go hide. Like, and then the studio owner would call and be like, where's grace. And so my mom would force me to go. I had to, I did dance in college, cheer in college. I denied to pro and I was just, and I, they wouldn't let me do acting. I always wanted to move. They made me miss auditions for dance. They wanted me to like get married, like to, to always be like, I don't know. And so I would just lived for everybody else for so long. And I needed that validation. Like I wanted to make my mom happy and I wanted to like make everyone else around me happy. And so kind of checking it with like, when I, me taking the move to LA was kind of that first step of like, I want to live the life that I want. I don't want to live for other people anymore more. And so it's kind of been like slowly learning. Like that was the first step of me starting that journey and then just slowly making decisions. Like, like I don't have to make everybody happy, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's just been finding that like journey, which has been awesome. Cause like now I'm like the happiest I've ever been. Cause when you're living for everybody else, like you're not inside. Like I felt like I had so many inner demons cause I was so like I had a great life from like looking at it. Oh, like pro cheer, like college, like this is so great. But like inside I was so, so miserable. And like, now it's like, I'm so happy getting to live authentically to myself and like pursue what I love. So yeah, just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really powerful. And how do you see that shift in your own mindset applied to, or showing up in your dating life? Oh, that's a good question. Um, just like, yeah, I don't know. Cause I have, I don't know. It's like weird for me too. Cause I also like have a hard time showing interest in guys. Like a lot of them will be like, I didn't even know you like me. And I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, I like you. But I'm like, I don't know. Like I have very much like, oh, I like don't, I think cause my dad always told me like, if they want to talk to you, they will. So like, don't text them first. Don't call them first. Like, you know, barely reply to them. And I'm like, okay, dad. <laughs> He probably just probably didn't want me to date and so I keep like I like him like that where I'll just be like I'll like date a guy for a year and have like never texted him first and he's like why do not text me first I'm like I don't know like I'm <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> I'm like slowly like learning like okay like I should show interest too and like who I like but instead of just like letting them choose like that they like me and me just being like okay cool like I need to show initiative as well so that they're not just like, oh, I'm being a stalker. Like they're like, I've literally guys like, like be like, I feel like I'm like stalking you. And I'm like, no, I love it. That's great. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even know you like me. I'm like, oh. so I don't know. I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think we, I think we all are. And yeah. I'm, I'm chuckling right alongside you. You have a really good sense of humor about your own, uh, your own experiences. And what I heard you describing is like known as relational programming yeah. and what your dad taught you sounds a lot like what the attraction method relationship coaches teach out there is mm -hmm. like, be distant, be aloof. Uh, the one who's coldest has all the power. The one who doesn't show interest has all the control in the relationship. Does that yeah. resonate? Yeah, no, for sure. And the, the, but the sad thing is, is like, it kind of works. Like when you're like that, the men do like it. They do for some, I'm like, why do they like that? <laughs> and so there's like, like, have you read Why Men Love Bitches? I like just read that. I haven't, no. Yeah. But it's like, that's literally the book's like, yeah, yeah, like the nice girl that's like showing, getting the gifts and doing all these things. Like she never ends up with the guy and the girls, it's just like, whatever, you know, then right. they like it for some reason. So, I mean, it's not, 
my dad wasn't wrong because it is it does like always work but then it's like I don't know I'm like I don't know if like a nice guy would maybe be turned off by like my brother's like a really nice guy he's like I wouldn't like do that to I would probably be mm. like oh she doesn't like me and move on yeah I'm like oh dang well I want to date someone like you know what I mean like my brother yeah. so I'm like am I then I'm am I attracting the wrong type of men by being like that probably yeah <laughs> yeah are you are you open to exploring that question a little bit more or are you just putting it out there to the universe we can explore <laughs> oh my gosh I love this topic and so much comes up for me in uh, using the attraction method to build impulse is really what it is. Uh, there's a lot of fear of loss in there. Um, and that's why I don't coach it. I don't coach to have people um, build attraction in someone else in a manipulative way, mm -hmm. right? But understanding what's going on in the, in the psychobiology of a person is very important. Yeah. And so understanding that that attraction is built in the space between two people, Ooh, okay. right? What it sounded like is your brother comes from a very secure and grounded and centered, centered place in his masculine energy yeah. where he's like, well, if I'm not getting reciprocal em reciprocated energy or effort, I'll just move on. Yeah. That's exactly what he's done. Well, now he's getting married, but yeah, that's what he told me. And I'm like, what, what do you mean, Clay? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Don't tell me that. Right. It makes so much sense to me. The more that I've learned about myself as I show up in dating is like when I pursue and I get, um, you know, these buzzwords of clingy and needy and like, you're coming on too strong. When I saw that show up in, when my anxious attachment style gets activated, I would see that I would close the space between two people okay. and it was no longer attractive. Oh. And that was a valuable thing to understand about the psychobiology of, of a human. And then when I would create distance, okay, well, then they would step into the space. Mm. You used this word earlier. Where's the balance between the distance and the closeness that creates authentic connection and, and intimacy for two people? Yeah. No, I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Help me. Uh, this is such a great question. And it's probably the most important thing that I've learned about relationships in my four years of exploring, exploring what my shit was. What do I bring to the table? What is my toxic trait? You know? Yeah. And for me, it's boundaries. Ooh. What are boundaries? And you've spoken to it earlier today of, of like, Acting is my priority. So I'm going to say no to a podcast. I'm going to say no to TikTok because they take up my time and energy. Yeah. And the same could be said for invitations for dates. Mm -hmm. Well, my boundary or my intention around dating is this, and I get very clear on it. I'm looking for a relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to casually date. So if somebody comes to me with a casual dating or hookup energy, well, that's a no for me. Yeah. And that's what so many people want these days too. So it's kind of hard. Cause then you're like, does anybody actually want a relationship relationship out here? Or is like, is it just me? But uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like that in Colorado too. I'm like, is it this like an LA thing or is it like everywhere thing? That's a great question. And what I've found in that four years of exploring who I am in the world uh, through the lens of relationships is that Modern dating perpetuates the toxicity with social media and dating apps and texting as ways that people meet each other and communicate with each other that, uh, that narratives that are incorrect on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, they get perpetuated because that's what causes and creates emotion in other people. So that's what gets shared. That's what gets talked about. And that's what gets put in the forefront of people's minds. Yeah, of course. I take the bad advice. They're like, mute the guy you're talking to on Instagram. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. Like, you know, all the, right. It's like, have you seen that one? They're like, mute him. Like, no. yeah, yeah, no. And the, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have there's, seen. There's, there's, there's such a, what, what have you seen? I've seen the one that says like, oh, if you see yourself starting to smile at their texts, block them. 
block them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, my, I might've done that before too. No, but there's such a range of advice. Like some of my friends are like, so mean, like, no, he needs to like make a reservation or this, or I'm not going. And then some of my friends are like, oh yeah, he texted me. Let's go to dinner today. And I'm going and like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be that mean, but I also don't want to be like that available, you know? So it's like, there's so many different ways that even I see my friends day and then I'm like, what's, what's right. You know? Mm -hmm. That's such a great question. I I felt like it was a rhetorical question. What's right. Yeah. What's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And leave us in the comments. Let us know. (laughs) Right. I, I love our community's feedback, especially on TikTok, you know, uh, yeah. there's a lot of engagement there and, and I love engaging with the community. And what comes up for me in your share is kind of like a common theme through our, through our conversation today is like, what I hear you saying is that I want to put other people's opinions and what they think is right for me out of my mind and just sit with what's my truth. Yeah. Did you yeah. hear yourself say that throughout our yeah. conversation today? Yeah, that's like been my, I would say my main journey of the two years being single is just like sitting with what I like, like, well, do I like him or, you know, what do I like, or what did I like about this guy that like I talked to for like a month and then it didn't work out? Like, why was I drawn to him and why didn't it work out? And just like picking like little things that I like, or even like things like I, I like on a date, like, you know, oh, he opened my car door. Like, I really like that. I'm like, oh, like. You know, so like little things like that, that kind of stand out to me. I don't know, just like what, I, what I'm looking for in like a first day or, you know, what the conversation was like, just like really checking in, like with each step of dating and in my life to see like, okay, do I want a second date? You know, do I want a third date? We'll see. Like, I just, but not like asking everybody else, like just being like, okay, do I want to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Such a powerful thing to reflect like that after a first date or during the moment of like, what am I feeling in this moment on this date? And then let me set that to the side for a moment until after the first date and check in with myself and say, do I want a second date? Yeah. What was it about the first date that I enjoyed that, that leads me to want a second date? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's true first date stand out for you? Like what's like you're asking Mm. for a second date? Oh, such a great question. (laughs) And I appreciate your share because I I relate so much to like the only question that I'm asking myself on a first date is, do I want a second? That's all you really need to know. Yeah. (laughs) And a few years ago, I would get confused on first dates and like yourself, I really wanted to ask myself, what is it? My, what is my pattern? What's showing up for me consistently that, that leads me to being confused on a first date? Like, why doesn't the feminine ask me any questions on a first date? Oh, they don't? Or maybe like one or two questions. I've actually heard a lot of guys say that, like, so they don't like girls don't ask questions back. I'm like, that's so rude. <laughs> mm. I've actually, I've actually found it to be very much in line with what I'm looking for in a relationship, actually. Someone who doesn't ask you questions. (laughs) And here's, here's what comes up for me on a first date when, when I recognize, or when I notice like, huh, I've asked quite a few questions on this first date and the feminine in front of me has only asked me one or two things. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to understand that really feels aligned for me is that's me taking the lead in the conversation and taking the lead in the relationship. Ooh, yeah. And it also helps me understand who this person is better because they're doing the majority of the talking and I get to make the choice to see if they're the right fit for me on for a second date. Oh, I like that. Okay. Does yeah, that make sense? I, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, that makes total sense because I would want a guy who leads too. So that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a, we can go even deeper into this um, presence on a first date of like, when, when this experience happens for me, I can be very present to it and I can recognize it and I can sit with that. And and the immaturity or the entitlement or the, the need for them to ask me questions goes away. Yeah. It's just, it's just gone because I'm just sitting in the presence of the first date. And one of the clues that 
I recognize when I hear it from my date is like, oh my gosh, I've been talking so much. I don't even know why I just shared that with you. But let me ask you a question about you. Like that's- At least they notice. <laughs> again, like that's a line for me because that shows me that I've created enough structure and leadership on the first date that the feminine energy feels safe it, on that date, right? What if so that they can just like- yeah, sure. What if a girl does ask you a lot of questions? Are you like, I got to get out of here? <laughs> it, it really, de- it really depends on the context, like this, the structure of the date. Like, yeah. are we on a walking date? Because then I can see that that doesn't create a lot of structure. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we're sitting across a, a table from each other, drinking tea or coffee, I don't drink. So like uh, the happy hour drink date is out of the question. So it oftentimes yeah. turns to coffee for me for a first date. And the, the structure of sitting across from one another is very important. And the feminine gets the opportunity to fill that space with a lot of this flowing, boundless energy or uh, energy that kind of fills a winding riverbank, right? Yeah. And what comes up for me in your response to your question is that like when the feminine feels safe, they're going to, they're going to fill that space. Yes. Yeah. And that's so, it's so rare. Like I, I was like talking to my, my best friend, Christy again, like, I was like, dang, like I realized I don't feel safe on a lot of dates, like, or like around a lot of men in general. And I don't know why, like, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it's like something that you said there, but when I, I, I've been recently noticing if I've been on a date, I'm like, oh, he made me feel so safe. I don't know if that's more like, cause they're protective because some guys will be like oh yeah okay let me know when you make it home or, you're, or not even let me know when you make it home bye or like you know when they're like oh let me like pick you up or like open my car door like I went on a date recently the guy was very much like that I was like oh my god I felt so safe with him like because he was like worried about my safety but I think because my dad and brother are very much worried about my safety so I know that's a little bit different but like creating a space like conversational wise or just like protector wise like that is a huge thing like that I definitely notice on dates when I'm like oh my gosh I feel safe around him like mm-hmm. they're not just like yeah good luck making it in LA like <laughs> I'm like this is such a dangerous town does anybody care <laughs> yeah such a great point that like you're, what I hear you speaking to is emotional safety yeah yeah there's a little bit of physical safety in there as well of like let me know when you get home safe yeah that that question or that that leadership really covers both physical safety and emotional safety for the feminine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love when, I love when they say that. I'm like, okay, that's sweet. (laughs) Right. I totally agree. And I I realized that I didn't quite answer your question earlier about like what comes up for me when I hear a lot of questions on a first date from, from my date. And like, if that comes up for me, I want to check in on my own emotional availability Mm. of like, is this person asking me a lot of questions because they themselves don't want to be vulnerable and sharing? And then is that a reflection of my own lack of vulnerability and not wanting to share as well? Because the feminine, when she doesn't feel safe, they will poke and they will prod and they will try to discover what's behind that wall. Yeah. Does that resonate? Yeah. I think I do that. I'm like, I need to know. (laughs) I think I might ask a lot. I think I ask a lot of questions when I'm on the date, (laughs) but maybe it's because I don't feel safe. So maybe it's all like, it's all coming together now. Mm. Yeah. I I love this topic of conversation and we could go on for hours, but I know that you're a busy actress in LA and I want to honor and respect your time. So before I let you go, what's, uh, what's one thing that you'd like our listeners to know that we briefly touched on or didn't quite get to that you want to expand on? Okay. Um, I want to promote my loungewear company I'm coming out with. I'm wearing the shirt in one of our shirts right now. It's called yeah, tell Bad me about Kiss. it. Yeah, it's called Bad Kiss. It's a loungewear company for women. It's like about women empowerment. So we're hopefully dropping within the next like three weeks. Um, we have like sweatpants, like comfy t-shirts um hoodies it's super cute you can follow us at bad kiss official on instagram or bad kiss official on tiktok and it will be badkiss.com when it's up but mm. starting with awesome. my best friend yeah so, yeah awesome you also check it out thank you very much for that and uh, let me ask you a specific question how does loungewear and empowerment of women connect with each other 
So our brand, we have like, so we have some fun things like on our thing, like our, one of our shirts says like nobody's baby. And we have like one that's like make him pay rent. Cause like <laughs> I paid my ex-boyfriend's rent. So I, we paid make him pay rent. On <laughs> it's just more like being authentic. Like this one says like be bad, but it's more like be yourself. Like we both very much like fit the mold in Dallas. We were cheered together there. We lived for everybody else. So this is our way of kind of being like, you know, we love loungewear and we want to create a company that just centers around like, Hey, we want to wear whatever we want to wear. Like we want to be comfy. We want to be cute. Um, we want to be a little sassy. <laughs> yeah. When, when you, when you said make him pay rent is on one of your t-shirts, it, for me, it alludes to that provider protector that you were talking about earlier of like when the masculine can make, pay rent for the two of you, it's very comforting and it feels very safe, even yeah. if he doesn't have to pay rent for the two yeah. of you. No, like it that, might, that might not be the right fit for every relationship, but because he can provide like that, yeah. it's very attractive and very safe. It is. Yeah. And I always dated guys that like, I'm more so providing. And it's like, maybe this is why this is not working out. Cause I'm like more attracted to more of a masculine energy. Cause I'm so feminine. So I'm like, this could be, this could be the issue. We'll figure it out. <laughs> well, I'd love to have you back and discuss that again in the future. What do you say? I would say? love to come back. This is so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so very much, Grace. <laughs> thank you so, so much for having me. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you got a ton of value out of the content today and the topic as we discussed it with either an expert guest, myself, or a real life dater. If you're looking for a little bit more support in your romantic life, career, personal life, and navigating modern dating, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at DaveGlazer underscore CSCS to ask me any question that comes up for you. We are excited to invite you to join us for our 21 day get over your ex challenge starting soon. We're going to meet weekly as a group so that you can have the support and education you need in order to move on from that relationship, no matter how long it's been. Click the link in the show notes or the bio on my Instagram account to apply for coaching today. Again, this is Dave Glazer in Denver, Colorado, wishing you health and happiness wherever you're at in the world.